Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of the Watch Rolling Podcast. The Watch Rolling Podcast is a veteran-owned podcast that focuses on watch enthusiasm and horology with a military veteran twist as, and is also provides valuable veteran resources to the watch enthusiast community. My name is Jason. I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. This is another special episode. This is episode 62. This is an interview with Miguel from SoCal Watch Reviews. SoCal Watch Reviews is a YouTube channel and a podcast. Uh, Miguel's been a longtime friend of the pod. Miguel's probably... 95% of the reason why I started this podcast. Um, Miguel's channel is awesome. He's not a veteran, but I feel like in this interview series that um, us veterans and anyone that's, you know, first responder, et cetera, can learn from people that do this for more, I would say more than a hobby. Miguel recently hit 20,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is a huge milestone. The Miguel's Watch Enthusiast podcast and, and television or YouTube channel covers a wide range of um, stuff from, you know, it's awesome videography, photography, Tells great stories, does really good watch reviews, and uh, I think that's a lost art. Uh, he's pretty brutally honest in his watch reviews, and uh, he recently did a pretty funny video, uh, Spaghetti Scammetti with Ben from Ben's Watch Club. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miguel from SoCal Watch Reviews. Hey, hey Miguel, Jason. how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? Pretty good, thanks. Um, I gave I just gave everybody the rundown in your channel, and I like wow. to start by congratulating you for uh, twenty thousand subscribers. It's a huge milestone. Yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, so four years in the making, it's been a lot of work, but it's definitely been worth it. I love every single minute of it. And I think the biggest uh, thing about it uh, or getting into this kind of hobby and, and social media is the friends that I built uh, around the community or friends in the community and friends yeah. in, in the space, right? Instagram and YouTube and whatnot. But yeah, thanks for the intro. I mean, that was very, very kind of you. I'm like, wait, who is he talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, I and and I think it's important for people to know, and I think like especially like leading off with that four years thing, right? Um, yeah, I think yeah. today's day and age, you know, I'm not trying to have a, a, a diatribe about so society as a whole, but everybody thinks stuff's going to be instantaneous. And you know, four right. years is a grind, man. Four years is a grind, but twenty twenty k is huge. Yeah, huge. no, thanks, man. Yeah, I got about three fifty, three sixty, something like that. Three hundred and sixty videos on YouTube, or three hundred and fifty videos on YouTube. Yeah. We've done about a hundred and twenty four, hundred and twenty five episodes on the podcast. That's been three years in the making. Uh, Instagram, it's cool. I like it. I think it's dying in a way because if you don't pay, you don't play. Basically, you just don't grow, right? So I've been at the yeah. same like. 7,400, 7,500 follower for a while now. But the cool thing about Instagram, it's my messenger app. That's where I DM everybody. That's where I communicate <laughs> with everybody. And I get to showcase my photography as well and uh, yeah. as a promotion tool as well. Because when you are on YouTube, um, you need multiple platforms to generate momentum and some kind of marketing to all uh, funnel funnel everybody towards your youtube channel you know what i mean but i i, I yeah. think youtube is huge for a lot of different reasons especially companies if you're listening and you have a small company or a bigger company you need to get on social media because uh and we'll we'll get into this maybe a little yeah. bit more about sales but remember people love to buy but hate to be sold so we'll get a little bit more into that but uh yeah anyway oh no <laughs> no that's a that's a that's an excellent segue miguel um so, you know, we've discussed it and, and I put it out in the intro a little bit, but the whole purpose of these interview series that's going on, uh, which I probably should have plugged, but I didn't because, you know, I just want them out there is uh, I feel like there's so many people in the watch enthusiast space, especially those that create content that that is a part of what they do. That is not what they do. And it's most definitely not who they are. You know, there's a little bit of each of one in what they produce, but you know, your background is in sales. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a, level of polishing in your content creation because of your background sales because you know i i try to do sales once and and while i can talk stuff up i just don't i just uh, it's not for me but i know that there has to be a level of professionalism and polish when you're making those sales and it's and it's sometimes a long a longer process than people think right like you just don't walk yeah. into a room when someone's like i'm buying your stuff you know what i mean right um so with that being said, you know, before we start going into the podcast and everything, uh, would you mind just highlighting some of your professional experience uh, that you're comfortable explaining to everybody? And, yeah, and for sure. No, absolutely. So from a, from a personal perspective, I've been doing sales for close to like 17 years. So I started, I'm, I'm almost 40. Uh, next month, I'll be 40. And I've been uh, doing sales since my early 20s. And the, the whole reason, honestly, why I even got into it is because 
from my family, my lineage, I guess, if you will, from my mom, even my dad and some other family members that sales is like in their body or in their blood, I should say, and that they're salespeople right now. There's different levels to sales, right? So there's like the used car salesman approach where you're like trying to convince somebody and get it out the door. Right. But then there's the type of sales that I do, which is, um, relationship building and there's longevity in what you do because people want to buy from their friends, right? So once people get to know you and feel comfortable with you, it becomes so much easier because it's not about a sale. It's just about them trusting you. And it's like, oh, what do you have to present to me today? Right. And it's more about in the profession that I'm in, in my field, it's more about helping people, not so much. I'm going to sell you this. So it's like, how can you help me make my job easier? Right. So I know you mentioned a little something about um, recruiters, right. Trying to get, yeah. trying to sign somebody up or whatever. You also need to be aware that when it's that kind of scenario or kind of what I do on watches, you're not selling so much the product as you are selling a lifestyle and you're selling the emotion of how something's going to make you feel. And that's something that I like to do in my videos sometimes, because it takes a long time, like depending on the production. But when I do the more lifestyle shot videos where I'm like doing something or interacting with my watch or you could see I'm like outside or I wish I could do better things like swimming and other things but it's a one-man crew so I don't have the yeah. manpower to, to kind of do that but I, I like that idea better uh, speaking of watches because it's using the watch in a scenario where you're typically going to use it you're not just going to have a watch in an office with a well-lit thing just sitting pretty there right typically doesn't happen that way it's like you have it on your wrist and you're doing an activity and all you do is you glance down and then you see it sparkle and you're like wow right so yeah. how do you capture that emotion and that feeling into a video that's very challenging but that's what i like to do and the same with sales i would say to a recruiter it's like it's not so much about you're going to get four free meals and you're going to get a, a roof over your head and you're going to get a really nice uh, salary after you retire or whatever which i mean those are the facts but how do you put a little, a little sprinkle of something? You gotta, yeah. you gotta make it look brighter. And it's like, look, man, it's a brotherhood. Once you get into this, say for instance, your family's not there for you all the time, or whatever, we will be there for you, right? And furthermore, you know, you become part of this big grandiose kind of thing where. I don't know. You become a badass, right? You you become yeah. you get in the military, and it's just more about the idea and the feeling and the emotion that it evokes, as opposed to hey, sign the dotted line. I, I need to meet my quota, and and you become a very bad salesperson. It's not about sell me this pencil, right? And it's it's the whole thing with like the pencil idea or the pen yeah. thing, right? A Wolf of Wall Street very well uh, kind of presented that where it's like sell me this pencil. Well, this pencil is yellow and it has an eraser. It's like, no, you got to find out if that person has a need. And depending on that need, that's kind of where you weasel your way in and, and kind of, and that's a bad word to say weasel because it sounds yeah. bad, but it's true. It's like, you find that little need, you find what that person is talking about. So if you want to sign somebody up in the military and they're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I do want to do that because there's so much stuff going on at home with my family or whatever. And that's when you use a family approach. Well, we're a huge family, right? Or, uh, yeah, I saw my, my, dad struggling he worked all his life and his pension suck well have great news for you when you become a, a part of the military we have a great pension program let me explain it to you and see if that appeals to them right or, or i'm a huge movie buff oh you are what kind of movies you like action ah you're gonna love this <laughs> about becoming part of the action it's like yeah. you need to be smart enough to read the room and then kind of use uh, the the tools in your bag to kind of sell that approach so that's nice. anyway i kind of deviated from everything no 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 that, that's what i do i love doing sales and like i said it's not more about selling the product but more about creating the relationship and the way that's helped me in in my approach is with the podcast i've been able to land some pretty big guests and it's yeah. not because my channel is humongous because i landed on when my channel was small it was more about the follow-up the persistency the building the relationship and i didn't right away ask them like hey can you come on the podcast it was more about i love what you do i'm a huge fan or maybe even asking for a pointer hey i saw you saw this do you mind if i pick your brain how do you do that right and something that i'm kind of notorious for doing and i don't know if people like it or not but i'll go uh, uh instagram has a has a portion where you could actually send voice memos and i'm huge on sending voice memos i like written stuff but i like 
expressing myself so people could actually see or hear the emotion in my voice, whether I'm happy, excited, sad, whatever. I think that goes a long way. A text message, as you know, you put the emotion that you want to put on it when you're reading it, right? It could be a positive message, but if you're feeling crappy, you're going to read it in a negative way and be like, what is wrong with that person? Why would they send me this message? Right. But when you send a voice memo, there is no, you there is no interpretation. The person literally sounds happy or sounds sad. And typically that's what I do. I'll go, I'll send a message. So anyway, if you're starting out on YouTube or whatever, that's an approach that I take. And if you want to take a page out of my book, feel free. (laughs) I had, I thought it was pretty cool. I remember the first time you sent me a voice memo, I was like, I was like, Oh crap. And I was like, (laughs) well, what is that? What is it? You know, I listened to it and I was like, what am I supposed to do? But you got a point though, about like the tone and stuff like that. Right. What is the text? How it's lacking? Because, because part of the reason I start, this is a dude, this is part of the reason why I started this podcast is because one time we were texting back and forth and you said, why don't you start a podcast of your own? And because yeah. of the, 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 the venue I was in or something like that, I read it as, well, why don't you start a podcast of your own instead of, well, why don't you start a podcast of your own? Right? Oh, wow. And for okay. a second, I was like, I was like, yo, is, Miguel, is Miguel challenging me? I was like, Miguel, is <laughs> Is, is milk ale coming at me sideways not in a bad way like in a you know professional you know whatever kind of way and then we yeah, talk more, more like hey leave me alone like i don't want your <laughs> i don't want your your constructive criticism yeah. when you just start a podcast of your own yeah. no that's you not know what I mean? that's not what i meant <laughs> i know i know because we talked about it afterwards but it's it's um it's just funny because it's it's it, in that moment in that split second you know what i mean i had to, i had to stop for a second and go back and reread it and then i remember i, I think i remember right correctly i asked you and you were like, no, man, you got, you know, good ideas, blah, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, oh, you know, and that's all stuff that can get lost in a text. But, you know, speaking of the yeah. start of a podcast and content creation, before we get in the watch stuff, uh, we got to do a wrist check. And as the guest of honor, what is on your wrist today, Miguel? So I've been wanting this watch, man. And I think I told you the story since way before I started watch collecting. I mean, I've heard about this brand and it's a Hispanic, you hear of Rolex and it's like Rolex, right? You own a Rolex, you're rich. And it's like, that's what you, that's what you think growing up. And then as I got into the hobby, I always liked the Submariner, like that silhouette, that, that, it, it, it wasn't even about Rolex anymore. It was more about the silhouette because I would I would see an Invicta Pro Driver and be like, uh, uh, that is, did I say driver? Pro Diver. diver. <laughs> um, so I, I would see that watch and be like, I love that silhouette. That is so beautiful. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute. That's an homage of the watch that I've been lusting over for years. But I just never pulled the trigger because I thought spending more than $500 on a watch was stupid and ridiculous. And why would you do it? Right. But once you get into the hobby, you do. But anyway, the years went by, I spoke to my wife and she's like, you're not going to get that. That's too much money. So I challenged myself and I said, and this is the reason why I started the channel, believe it or not. And I don't know if I publicly kind of said this specific thing, but one of the reasons I started the channel was number one, because I love talking about watches and it was just yeah. too much talk. My wife got tired of it. She's like, man, do you don't have friends or somebody you could talk to about these kind of things? Like, I'm not into it like at all. Like, I don't care. And it's getting kind of annoying. And number two, I noticed that a lot of these guys were like, oh, this company sent me a watch and I get to keep it. I was like, wait, what? how do you get to keep an expensive watch like a micro brand like how does that happen what and then it, i thought i was like well what if i get free watches or grow my channel and uh like big like blow it up right because you don't know you're kind of naive you don't you don't you have big expectations but you're like what if i blow up my channel get a bunch of free stuff sell it off and save 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 that way i could use that money to buy something expensive because my wife prohibited me from doing that she's like i know you work hard and we make our money and everything but our money should not be going towards things like that because if you want to buy a rolex what do you she was of that mentality before she was like who do you think you are we're not rich look around you we're not driving a mercedes-benz like why do you think that you're gonna own an expensive watch you're trying to pretend to be somebody else and i was like no i promise you i'm not that's not what it's about and it took years for her to finally realize that rolex wasn't about just the prestige and the perception that i have money it was more about an enthusiast thing and how well built they are and the heritage and the aesthetic long story short i did what else set out to do partnered up with a bunch of brands. And I remember in one of my streams, I sold 
like 20 30 watches uh it was insane and i bought another watch i bought another rolex but then since i bought that it inspired me to sell even more stuff and get more things free but anyways i ended up with one of my grails a rolex um samarina 16610 this is a pre-ceramic i have it on this rubber strap i just been rocking it on this rubber strap from horrors And then it's an amazing watch, man. I love it. I love the aesthetic of it. Uh, I recently picked up another watch that I really like and haven't even worn it because I can't take my Submariner off the wrist. And it, I'll, I'll tell you the story about that. But uh, yeah, we can, <laughs> but that's what I'm wearing. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and so, you know, I, I know I have some newer watch enthusiasts listening and some are watching as well and also newer content people. And I, and I think it's important to hear like these, these stories of the buildup, right. And the stories yeah. of the obstacles, because, you know, even if you, even if you had the money, sometimes it's, uh, you know, there's cultural stuff in the background, yeah. there's, mm-hmm. you know, all these different things. And, um, it's, it's important to experience a bunch of different stuff before then. And that probably yeah. solidified your, your choice yeah. for what your true grail is. And then when 100%. you get it on, I mean, it's a rep, it's a physical manifestation, a physical representation of your work of all your work in that because you know like those videos don't make themselves they you know (laughs) they don't make themselves and it's a a testament to your time and your dedication and stuff so i just want to say congrats i think it's awesome piece man and it looks great on your wrist it sits on top of it real nice I, I I absolutely love it, man. And to be honest with you, the 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 watch, the first scratch my itch that I got into it, and it was thanks to my friend uh, TGV. Uh, if you haven't checked him out, the Urban Gentry, I highly recommend him. He's an OG. Yeah. Um, he used to talk so highly of the Seiko SKX 007. And at that time, when I, when I got into watch collecting, which is about 10 years ago, um, you could pick them up for sub $200, brand new, box papers. So... Again, that was a lot of money for me, but I finally convinced my wife. I was like, I right, can I pick up this watch? And she's like, Well, you're gonna buy from the internet? That's scary. What if it's not real? I was like, Well, <laughs> this is guy on the internet that everybody talks about. And I think I think he's legit. His name is Mark, I think. Long Island watch. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But I'll I'll buy it from him. So that's where I bought my SKX 007. And I remember I got it and I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wait. So I just spent 200 bucks, which in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's a lot of money, but this is a lot of watch for the money. It's ISO certified, you know, it has a bezel, it's automatic and it's all made in house, which I hear, I don't know, I think this is a good thing. I don't, I don't really know much about that, but it's pretty cool. I rock that thing for, for a while and I actually got rid of it. I kind of regret it, but at the same time, I knew I was getting, get rid of it to make money for my uh the first rolex and i don't regret it i i do and i don't i go back and forth but i'm like you know what the past few years i never really wore it it was just in the box box watch box as a memento but i said to myself well i was gonna give it to my son but now i could give him a rolex so i think i I, i'm giving him a better gift you know (laughs) so yeah uh, that's the excuse i keep telling myself (laughs) but anyway (laughs) what is on your wrist man oh man i'm uh my grand seiko oh yeah sbgx 335 love the serato yep oh man this thing and i haven't even cleaned it well i've cl- I cleaned it the other day but not not recently and, but uh, you but know i've been working... too smudge just so easily i mean you just uh, like literally just touch it a little bit and you're done <laughs> yeah it's uh and and this is uh, you know it's it's probably the grail i never knew i wanted um and you know you speaking of your skx it's uh that's what eventually sold me on it is that seiko's what? afforded me yeah, Seiko's afforded me this opportunity to experience what they can do at varying price points. And I put that out before. And so when it came time to to do my first splurge on something I knew, I knew I wanted a diver, right? I knew I needed something yeah. around 42, like I wanted something about 42 millimeter case mm-hmm. diameter. Um, I have a larger wrist. So, you know, the 49 lug to lug is not a big deal for me. Um, I mean, you can see it there on wrist. Looks perfect on you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And, and then, you know, how big like is your wrist? Seven, seven and a half, half. seven and a half inches yeah. or 19.05 yeah. centimeters for all of our European, oh, for all the European people. <laughs> don't know. get offended. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to leave you out. And, uh, but yeah, and it's, it's, uh, I, I knew what I was getting. Like I bought mine online. Yeah. You know, I would have never done that before. Shout out, uh, Crown and Caliber. Thanks for giving me a great deal and oh, yeah. awesome packaging. And yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. And, uh, I pulled the trigger because, you know, I had seen some Grand Seikos before. I got to handle some at Wind Up when I went up there to New York. But I was like, all right, 
I, I trust Seiko, right? And there's alignment issues and we can go on and on about that stuff. But for the most part, I knew I knew I was going to get something that was reliable. And this thing has led to a fire sale of all kinds of stuff. And I'm using that pretty soon to purchase something else. Hell yeah. I'm following, wait I'm following the, the Miguel game plan. You know what I mean? But, um, but this isn't about me. This is about you. And, <laughs> and speaking, and speaking of, um, you know, the content creation and stuff, you know, again, I think it's an excellent channel. I think that your content is, uh, Thank you. it, it has a soul to it. There's, um, there is a, there is a, there is a professionalism and a, a touch of class to almost everything that you do. And I appreciate that because when you interact with, when we interact with our timepieces, um, I feel like we get this one-on-one relationship. So when you watch someone's videos or content, it's always nice when you feel that. And I've always felt like watching your video. I'm just hanging out with a buddy of mine. We're just shooting watches, even though shooting the stuff about watches, even though he's not there. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I get to hang out with Miguel for like 12 minutes and, you know, drink a cup of coffee in the morning while he's talking about his, his, uh, his snowflake or whatever. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty cool. But, uh, what's one thing about hosting a podcast that you didn't expect, like initially, or maybe down the road, something that's popped up to where you were like, Oh, I didn't quite expect that. So initially, if you listen to the first two episodes of my podcast way back then, um, I started the podcast by myself. I didn't have a co-host. I wasn't even thinking of bringing guests. I in the reason I started the podcast was because I felt like the video form was too short and I had a lot to say and I had to condense it down into seven minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. Uh, I know there's some channels out there that do longer content, but for me, that was already a lot, right? It was, it was a lot behind, behind the scenes to, to create the video. So I don't know if, if I could have done longer and I like going off the cuff a lot of times and everything in the video form was very much scripted. Nowadays I go back and forth. I do a little bit of script. I do a little bit off the cuff. If I am very lazy or on in, in a, you know, on a pinch where the company's like, Hey, when is a video coming out? You know, we sent you this. I'm like, Oh man, as long as my b-roll is good and i got all the specs in front of me i just kind of rattle it off maybe it doesn't sound as professional as when i like write it but whatever it is what it is and as long as i hit the points that i want to hit it is what it is but something i didn't expect with the podcast was the the friendships that i developed from it um it was crazy it's and i'm still kind of pinching myself because you do build friends friends from youtube but it's not the same. It's kind of like a level of respect of like, hey, you're a content creator. I'm a content creator. Like we respect each other and we kind of are friends, quote unquote. But it is not until they come on the podcast and we interact behind the scenes and doing the podcast that we just become friends. And I've become acquaintances with a lot of people like and I'll name drop and I, I hope I don't sound uh, weird doing this because I'm not trying means. to sound weird or but tgv like the 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 urban gentry man like tristiano has become uh i don't want to say a great friend but he's a friend like we wish each other happy birthday or merry christmas or we'll talk about like little things here and there like dm each other you know about yeah. stuff like that uh i've interacted with adrian from bark and jack we're not friends friends but he knows me if we interacted because he's been on the podcast jody yeah. just one more watch great guy We've interacted again. We're not friends, friends, but we've interacted outside of YouTube and just kind of on a personal kind of space. And the list goes on. I mean, we've become really good friends with uh, Simon, Escapement 24, of course, P. Ross, Timeless Sneakers and Watches, Omar, David Schwartz. I mean, alias uh, Eve from Alias. She keeps changing her name of her channel, but uh, she's a girl that's in this space, become friends with her and you, of course, and a plethora of other people. But that's the one thing that I didn't expect to become friends with people and then become friends with people that I used to look up to be way before yeah. I did YouTube. And I'm like, I'm pinching myself. I'm like, this, this is crazy because in our little watch world, these people are superstars. And to think that I'm collaborating with them. Uh, another one, uh, you know, uh, my man from uh, Watchfinder, Andrew, like oh, we've yeah. actually become friends, like friends, yeah. friends, like even more than the other people, which is kind of crazy because the guy's from England and we have nothing in common. But he's a funny guy and we get along yeah. and actually just went on their podcast because of that. It wasn't because my channel is humongous. It's just because he knows me as Miguel and he's gotten to know me as a real person. And he's like, hey. Do you want to kind of come on our podcast? I think uh, it'll be fun. And it was fun. It was like yeah. one of the funnest things, you know? And so that's, I talk a lot to, to, to no, no, no. answer, to answer your question. 
the people the relationships i built with people and, and the fans uh, fans quote unquote yeah. we don't have a lot of listeners but it is very nice to get props or get a dm or people post your thing like hey let's check out this episode it feels good it's like oh yeah. cool people actually get behind my work that is awesome you know yeah and it, and, it, and i think it's um that's been a big surprise for me too is just the dude i can't even i can't even i could have never imagined the relationships i would have built I've have built before I started doing any of this stuff. Right. And yeah. like, cause I remember when, you know, we were, we started, I don't even remember how we started chatting. It was just about watches, I guess, or whatever. But then you invited well, me. Well, you reached out to me, I think, cause yeah. you were, you listened to podcasts or something and I'm, I'm, and you could attest to this. I answer to anybody, as long oh, as yeah. you're not a douchebag or something. And you, you ask me a question or whatever, I'll start a, a conversation with anybody. Yeah and and answer any questions that i that i can and i think that's what happened with us i don't know how it all kind of started but it just kind of built upon because then i got to know you personally and then you came on the podcast and we became friends you know so yeah and and it, i think it's important to to give back and i feel like that's a big thing that you do yeah. you you do it without making a grandiose scene about it either some people do and they make a big show about giving back and some people just give back you know without it's like the sports person that goes to the hospital in the middle of the night and visits kids, but doesn't have a camera there when they do it. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's kind of important. And I think it's a good thing. So one of my favorite questions to ask people that have our own content creation channel is what is a, what is a common myth you heard from people before you started this, this journey in your channel that you'd like to share? That's either been proven. Well, obviously if it's a myth, it's not true, but it's been proven <laughs> to be untrue. Um, so the fact that a company gives you a free product, right. And you have to speak good about it. Mm -hmm. And I, I basically that everybody's a sellout, right? So if, if, <laughs> if a video says sponsored, that means that you sold out already. Like, oh, that person, we can't believe that person anymore. They gone too far because I'll give you an example, like Adrian Barkinjack every video he wants to make it very clear that he's independent and that he's not being paid in this and that yes and no there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes uh and i don't want to throw adrian under the bus but this happens to every content creator it gets up it gets a point in your in your career your journey whatever you want to call it that you do get approached by companies and they go hey we're going to send you a product but we want you to talk really good about it we don't want any negativity. So if you need a little bit of money or whatever, this is what we're expecting. So if you have integrity, you say no. And you say, I appreciate it. Uh, I will review your product and I do want to get it for free, but I have to speak my mind and I cannot be bought, right? Because if the product is garbage, people are going to come back to me and my reputation's on the line. So $1,000, $500, $200, whatever the amount is or more, cannot be bought my integrity cannot be bought so that's something that i i guess it was a myth but it's not a myth because i've heard of people yeah. kind of selling themselves for 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 money and that's not cool but yeah. going back to the whole thing with adrian i want to i want to present the difference right so what he says when says i'm an independent reviewer yes he is in a sense where he's not getting paid to say good things about the product but don't be fooled that he doesn't get money from the companies and he's made it very clear he has a fee for his production fee is what he calls it so for setting up his camera setting up the 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 video and and editing and everything he is getting paid by companies to do that but he treats that as a business kind of like a marketing business but what he says in his review cannot be bought that's what he's saying he's saying i i'm not going to say positive or negative things about your watch based on what you tell me or you pay me it is my views and my views only in this point i'm independent but he does get money from companies not every single one of them and i don't know this for a fact i'm i just know based on the things that yeah. i've heard him say is he'll go on ski trips he'll go to here he'll go there the companies pay for that stuff right yeah. they pay for his stay they pay for his travel whatever so that is some form of compensation he's not going to pay out of his own pocket to go over there just to go cover a watch and make a video it doesn't make any sense so another form that he makes his money obviously is with his merch right with the straps and everything so yeah. uh adrian's a perfect example for all of us to follow that we do have to separate the whole production you could pay me for my production and all this but this does not in any kind of way shape or form uh going to have an effect on the actual yeah. review of the product 
right? So that's something that it's kind of a myth, but it is kind of true, the whole pain thing. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Like, yeah. who do you trust? You know, and they have people like Teddy Baldassar or Hodinky where they sell the product. So it's like, well, how can I trust you when you're talking about a product that you're selling in your shop? You're not going to talk bad about it because you want yeah. me to buy the product. So how can I really trust you? So what these people do is more tell you the specs of the product, you know, and they have to be very careful because once they start throwing their opinion on there, it's like, well, I don't trust your opinion. It might be biased mm -hmm. because you're selling the product. So they have a very difficult thing to navigate uh, towards. And I, and I want to keep it independent as well. Uh, obviously, I've gotten paid via the watch or the yeah. product, but the, the company knows that my my views are not going to be swayed either in a positive way or in a negative way. Um, but typically what I, what I do, and I, and I hate when people do this, they'll go on my video and they go, that's it. That's all the negative things you have to say about it. Hmm. And they kind of start questioning my integrity. And it's like, look, before I say yes to any product, I don't care what it is. I do my due diligence. I go on the website, I go on YouTube. And if there's something that rubs me the wrong way, or I could tell that I'm not going to like it, I say no. Because then I know I'm going to be negative towards it. And that's not what my channel is about. My channel is about positivity, about humility, about, you know, making the community better, not bashing a product. Maybe I could get more views that way and be like, this is absolute garbage. Do <laughs> not buy. And then taking a hammer in front of the camera, I'll probably make for some great content. But that's not me, you know. So yeah. anyway. No, no. Long answer to your question. Great answer. <laughs> great answer. And I think I think it's important to to, you know, to add in. You know, the company, it's like for someone like Adrian, the company knows that they're going to get a production value that they would probably have to pay someone a lot, you know, their yeah, internal yeah. cost. You know what I mean? Like when I say your videos or like, you know, Mr. Ace K or, you know, anyone that has really high. Oh, Dale. Production. Shout out Dale. Dale. Shout out Dale. Um, go check out his channel, everybody. Mr. AK Productions. Dale's videography is great. Amazing. Um, yours he's is he's my yeah. mentor, by the way. I learned a lot from that guy. So oh, that's some foreshadowing, buddy. But, um, uh, and I think the company understands that like, Hey, if, if we pray, if we pay the production fee to Adrian, you know, it, it's, it's fire and forget you hit send and you don't got to do anything. You're going to get this awesome video. And if he says, yeah, I don't like the way the crown's built or the crown's manufactured or work kind of wonky, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's going to get put out to however many viewers he has and watched however many times and they right. can't, they can't actually quantify that. But, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So I got a, I got a question. Um, so when people are like, oh, that's really that you all, that's the only thing you found negative about the timepiece. How, how much has your experience with handling different timepieces allowed you to be more, um, I would say, refined critically when it comes to reviewing timepieces? Is that, is it, is, is getting the pieces in your hand ahead of time um, as beneficial as most people would lead us to believe it is? So, man, that's a, that's a great question and a tough question to answer because, I, before I got into this whole uh, YouTube production or whatever, and got as many watches as I gotten in or interact, had the opportunity to interact with, I probably would have said the same thing. Just as long as you read the specs and the price kind of makes sense with the specs, it's a great watch. That is incorrect. Every watch is built different. It just because it has the same specs as something else doesn't mean that it's a great watch or it's going to wear great. A, a recent experience I had was with the Baltic MR, MR01. I love the look of that watch. It is stunning. I'm like, that is like the Brigand numerals. It reminds me of a Patek and for like five, 600 bucks. I bought it. I waited almost a year for that damn watch because it was back order, the hype around it. I got it. I opened the box and I looked at it. I was like, wow, that looks very pretty. As soon as I picked it up, I was like, oh, there's something wrong here. What? It just felt cheap. And I started looking yeah. at it. I put it on my wrist. I was like, what? No, okay, no, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. So the more time I spent with it and I shot some B-rolls, like I just, it's something so weird where it looks amazing, but it doesn't feel amazing. It feels cheap, right? It's the brace that felt cheap. The case felt cheap. The, the everything, the movement. I'm like, is this even going to be enough for her for like uh 
around i mean for like a year or two is it going to break down on me so i made a review and that's probably one of mo my most kind of negative reviews that i've that i've done yeah. and i still try to make it like nice but the crazy thing is that there's people coming out actually there's a buddy of mine that that and i don't remember his handle i'm sorry but he just came out today and um said the same thing he waited he bought it and he's like i am so underwhelmed i haven't even sized the bracelet and i'm gonna sell it he hasn't even taken it out of the watch yeah. box and uh, basically, uh, Stephen Nichols, here we go, uh, talking about time. So on Instagram, at talking about time, this is this is handle. Um, so he, same thing. He's like, you know what? I, I got the watch and it's just not for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just not for me. And uh, so, yeah, it, 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 to, to answer your question, it is important to handle a lot of watches. So you kind of know, number one, what do you like? Do you like chronographs? Do you like dive watches? Do you like dress watches? And also there is something to be said about the interaction between different price points, right? So I've handled everything, something as cheap as a $50 watch. Uh, I've handled homage watches, Pagani design. I've handled Rolexes. And I have yet to handle like a Patek or Audemars Piguet. Mm -hmm. I do want to in Alanga and stuff like that, just because I want to see, um, you know, what, what what those pieces are like. And yeah. if there's a, a, a thing, such thing as like diminishing uh, returns where it's like, well, does it mean that the higher that I pay, the better the value? Or is it all in our heads? You know, the, the law of diminishing returns is, is it's a real <laughs> thing. But I want I want to experience those watches to see if it's true, you know, especially the AP because I hear a lot of hype and around AP, yeah. so I want to want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, be it's and I'm interested too because I I got to handle a to Ricardo Symes a Grand Seiko, and when I was up in Wind Up, he let me hold it. He took a really cool picture of the Zen I used to own, and um, but that was the Wait, first is that, time. Like, is that the guy from Watch Watch yeah. Watchbox? Uh, no, no, Ricardo was from Time and Tide. Now he's part of worn and wound oh that's right ricardo yeah yeah yeah. Yep, yep. And, and you know i i saw him outside outside the venue and you know i was like fanboy i'm like oh ricardo my name's jason and he knew who i was and i was like and uh i had my zin he's like oh can i get a picture of that so i'm holding like the reflector and he took a picture of it in my pocket right because i can never get a good pocket shot he got a great pocket shot of it and then he let me hold his grand seiko and that was like the first step i was like man you know there's mm. a and so i think like holding an ap or or a Vacheron or something like that, you know, being able to hold one and see it, you can just draw a lot of information from the tactility of the whole thing. Yeah, but, no, I agree. And, and Grand Seiko, just as, as, as a quick segue, it, they look amazing in video and all that, but it's not until you actually hold one or see one in person that you're like, crazy. oh, wait a minute. Yeah, the Serratu polish, man. It's just, crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, fact the, that there's a, the fact that there's a, a person building the outside and another person building the inside you, you know hand hand making them is uh we could have a whole pot we should just do a whole video on <laughs> on grand seiko yeah yeah <laughs> um so so you know an interesting thing that i've learned from my podcast and all that stuff there's just tons of challenges right so for you having you know 300 plus videos into it having 20,000 subscribers into it having you know been there done that in a lot of areas what would you say is was your biggest challenge in producing your content and what was the most important lesson you took away from that? Yeah. So at first the challenge was the lighting and the videography part of it, because I, I I'm self-taught all the way. I took tips here and there and, and, and whatnot. But at first that was the biggest challenge. So actually figuring out like the lighting and the and the the cool b-roll because obviously i aspire to be like watch finder right when i was younger in my in my infancy of the channel <laughs> and then also one thing that i still kind of struggle with believe it or not and you know this i hate writing scripts i am not yeah. good at doing that i don't like it i hate it it's the most challenging thing i love the b-roll aspect of things and the creative part of like how are we going to make this pretty and make it look cool because i'm an artist right so that's yeah. artistic for me but when it comes to both editing and doing the actual writing of something, I don't enjoy it. So that still continues to be my most challenging part of creating a video because it's easy to say, these are the specs. That's easy. I, I could just read a spec sheet, but it's like, well, how do I feel about the watch? And also I think you need to be kind of intelligent to, and I like when people do, the, do this, it's like, 
they'll take a watch and say, but this reminds me of this other one. They draw parallels within the watch industry because that just shows how mature you are into horology because you know references or you remember names of models that kind of, you know, uh, look like this, right? And and if you don't, then it kind of makes you uh, not as knowledgeable, I guess. So that's still something I'm kind of struggling with as well because I want to get more into maybe the history of horology and look at different old school models to yeah. know when a new model comes in to say, Hey, that reminds me of this. And they, they, they took homage from that because then maybe you look at that old model and it's a better buy than the new thing, you know, even though yeah. it's a completely different brand. I don't know, but that's, that's my biggest challenge, man, to be honest with you, just the writing and the editing is okay. I don't like it, but eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's more no, the writing. I, I, I understand what you mean because for me, that's, probably the most fun thing is the writing yeah the research and the writing and um i've been going back and forth with that too like you know how much video do i want to create i don't know <laughs> if i want to you know I, I don't know i don't be honest with you i don't know if i want to go through the the lengths to try to match guys like you dale Watchfinder and co i mean adrian you, you got people that are banging out beautiful videos man you know well well flowing storytelling videos and it's like you know what i can just freaking write you know because i know i can write but it, it's just one of those things for me so that's been my biggest thing too but yeah script writing bro it's 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 not it's not for everybody but um i'll be t- i'll tell you um if it's not for you that's okay because your freaking videography and photography is no I, I appreciate it man but let me tell you something and let me tell everybody listening and watching it's like don't try to emulate anybody else. And I agree with you that Dale and Adrian and all these guys watch finder. They have amazing videography and storytelling. Of course. I mean, the amazing storytelling uh, watch finder, Andrew. I mean, he's, he literally writes books. So yeah. in case you don't know, he's a, he's an author. So he has a very easy time kind of speaking and writing, but he doesn't do the videography. Some other person yeah. does the videography, right? Tom. And I met Tom too. He's a cool guy, but um, I would say, man, if you feel like you want to shoot pictures or shoot video, go for it. Who cares if it's not to the to the level of other people? As long as you want to do it, do it. Because once you start doing it, you become better somehow. Like you just kind of start challenging yourself. And I'll give you an example. My boy, P. Ross, like P. Ross keeps making his videos. However, the hell he wants to make his videos. He looks up to people like like me and other people that are like, wow, you guys create some good things, but I'm not trying to be like you guys. I want to be Pierre Ross. I want to continue to be myself. And he just yeah. goes off the cuff and, and he's created a niche for himself where people follow him because that's just him. He's raw. Yeah. He's just that's who he is. That's yeah. and you, you're a military guy. Like I like watching your stuff or listening to your stuff because you're very kind of like military. Everything's by the book and everything's like concise and very I, I don't know how to explain it but every time i read your stuff you even your agenda for this podcast i was like whoa <laughs> okay like i'm like i feel like i'm going into a meeting like everything yeah. is so like mil- military base you know so structured i guess i should yeah. say so i'm saying this to you and to everybody else yeah don't stop yourself from doing something because you're trying to emulate yourself to somebody else or or be like i'm never going to be as good as xyz yeah maybe not but maybe you'll excel in this other part that they they're not good at you know what i mean so if we just compare ourselves to everybody else we would never do anything with our lives you know so i would say challenge yourself do something that you love and just don't compare yourself to anybody else and if you need help with anything reach out to people like me or like jason or like anybody else and ask for pointers you know yeah help's always available i think i've realized most people Most people, if you're just genuine and you're, I think sometimes people can, you can tell when someone's doing it for, you know, for clout, <laughs> yeah, for clout or something. But speaking of help, um, and you, and you spoke about this a little bit earlier, you know, have you had a, an, an important mentor in this whole thing? And if so, or more than one, um, who, who is it or who are they? And then, um, what, what do you think you can take away from having a, a mentor, I guess, mentoree relationship? Yeah. So, I mean, I, man, that's a tough one because I, I I would say as far as like photography and videography, there's two guys that kind of helped me out, but this is a little bit later in my journey. And this is kind of when I started getting a little better and understanding like lighting and reflection with lighting and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And for sure, Dale, 
Dale, Mr. Ace K Productions. He is a commercial pilot. He's in Australia and we became friends um, on Instagram. How I think it was because he was wearing uh, Seiko SPB 143 and somehow I was in the middle of trying to buy one. And I think I reached out to him and we somehow kind of became friends and now we're good friends. And uh, he's giving me a lot of tips, a lot of pointers on like, you know, the camera settings and the lighting. And then another guy is Brandon. He now works for Hodinkee, but I met him uh, before he was working for Hodinkee. His name is Brandon Menancio. And he's given me tips also about the videography part of things. And I take notes, mental notes of how he kind of does his video productions where it's more fun. It's more like a week on the wrist. If you go to Houdini yeah. and check out his week on the wrist, it's so effortlessly. And I always tell him like, how do you do it, man? It's like, I don't know, man. I just, yeah, that, that's how he talks. Like that's yeah. how he is. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I respect you, Brandon. You know, I, I respect you. And of course, uh, indirectly Adrian and TGV and, um, you know, um, Jody, just one more watch Dave, just a watch. I mean, he, that guy's yeah. a huge influence. Dave is actually the reason I met P Ross to begin with. He had about a thousand something subscribers on his channel. I had about uh, Dave did, and I had about 80 or 50 and P Ross had about 30 subscribers. And he made a video of like underrated watch channels and P Ross was on that list. And I was on that list and it was, it came out of nowhere. Thanks to that, that day, I remember I got like over a hundred subscribers and it was huge. It was massive. And I met P Ross and then it just kind of became friends from there. And I remember being there when uh, Dave hit a hundred thousand subscribers, he did a live stream and I was on that live stream and it was, it was amazing. It was a good feeling. I was super proud of him and he is uh, a Christian man and he is in Japan. And that's also another thing that kind of spoke to me because I am Christian and, and obviously we relate in a completely different way aside yeah. from watches um we never really talk about god i think he likes to keep things separate we talk about watches but i i know where his faith is at so yeah those would be some of my mentors if i'm leaving anybody out and i've spoken to you i do apologize is yeah. uh, you know <laughs> oh no i understand because you have a, you have what i would call a large crew you know like there's these there's these crews in the watch enthusiast space you know i'm kind of developing my own crew you know and then you have you know, I, I, obviously I would consider you part of that, but you guys have your locked in guys like the Tudor bros and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> gave me some inspiration to start the grand Seiko operations group, which is, there's, there's a couple of us fledgling members of that. And, uh, an invite will be to you on the way, but, um, Oh, nice. Thanks. All right. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like, where's the invite? I, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a formal process. You know, I'm just um, yeah, it's, <laughs> okay. it's coming your way, but, um, yeah. And it's, you know, and we talked about before, like, it's really obvious to see like all the success and stuff we've talked about mentors and we've talked about challenges you weren't expecting in the beginning. And me, I'm very like the material based, not like in a materialistic way, but I've always felt like, you know, real leaders give their people the tools they need to succeed, right? Like you can't expect someone to do a job and do it well and just put them in an empty room with nothing. Right. Like that's just, this isn't the stone ages anymore. So what are some underrated tools that you feel are like indispensable if you're going to do content creation and you can focus on either the podcast part of it or the videography part of the photography part, pick whatever area you want to, but some stuff that you've learned through trial and error that you think if you're new, you should get, you should pick up. So easy, easy. One of the most basic things that everybody has a phone. If you have a cell phone, you pretty much have a multi-tool right there, right? Um, you have a camera to take pictures. You have a camera to take video. And depending on your model, some things emulate a, a real kind of yeah. camera, DSLR camera very well. Um, I would say a microphone. They sell microphones for cell phones that are very inexpensive. In fact, I just yeah. bought one myself from Amazon for like 20 bucks. And that's what I've been using in my latest videos. So... It, I'll give you a little behind the scenes. I have my yeah. Sony camera, a6300. Now it's old. It's a dinosaur now in, in technical terms. But that's kind of what I use for all my B-roll stuff. And before I used to shoot myself uh, for like the talking head mm -hmm. portion of it. But unfortunately, these cameras are notorious for not having like a, a good solid microphone port. Yeah. And the microphones that they do sell for them are very expensive and I'm cheap and frugal when it comes to those things. So what I did is I have this phone and it's uh 
it's the younger generation than the newest one that's out. I don't even know what the hell it is, but it has a 4K camera in it. So I bought this little microphone, this a Bluetooth microphone that you could stick in the port and you put on. So my latest videos, the Ben, the the video for that mm-hmm. uh, joke video that I made. Spaghetti Skimetti. Spaghetti Skimetti. And even the, the video before that, if you see those, those are shot on my phone. All I did is my phone, the audio was actually coming out of the phone too with my microphone. So it was all shot on my, on my phone just with good lighting. So I would say you have your cell phone. So that could serve as your camera. It could serve as for video, for uh, just regular photos. Also, it has the capability of you recording actual audio in it. If you're going to do like a behind the scenes and kind of like a narrative, mm-hmm. you could use your recording there. That's what I've done millions of times. As long as you have a good microphone, again, good, good go on Amazon, click yeah. for the highest rated and get a microphone. Lighting is crucial. And that's where I would probably invest most of my money at first if you already have a cell phone some good lighting you need at least like two good lights with diffusers because diffusers are going to make things look a little bit smoother so i would say that man and and a tripod a tripod if you don't have a tripod get one they're inexpensive so tripod a good camera whether it's a cell phone or a camera and lenses uh lights and a microphone that's all you need and creativity a lot of creativity and a lot of drive so awesome yeah i appreciate yeah i think and i know i appreciate that and i'm pretty sure the rest of the audience will too because a lot of times it's like you see um you see the finished product but not a lot of people talk about what goes into actually setting up to even start to go down that road and the tools a lot of times are a big part of it and it's also yeah. cool to speak in generalities like it's not this specific phone you just need a cell phone with a pretty decent camera on it and the ability right to and furthermore th- there's a lot of apps that do video editing they're either free or you pay a little bit of money and you could do it on your phone for the first two years of my channel everything was done on my phone everything the b-roll the headshots the the narration the editing everything was done from my cell phone obviously you could tell the the change now because for my b-roll i use an actual camera with nice lenses and i'm using final cut uh on on my apple computers now i invested the money on on a really good software editing software in it it changed things. I bought that was in 2023. So if you go back and look at my videos from 2023 and on, you could tell the difference in quality because now it's like true 4K before I think I was shooting 4K, but because the resolution of my editing software wasn't great and it was a free software, the video quality wasn't a sharp. But now I think it's gotten a little better. So and I just want to strive for better and better. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, excellent, excellent advice. All right. One of my favorite questions to ask people during an interview, especially when it comes to this. Um, so as a podcast host, because you host people sometimes for interviews, right? Right. What's what's your biggest guest pet peeve? Uh, Odyssey? Yeah. <laughs> and I've yeah. told Always you, Ross, sorry. Sorry, Always honesty. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> that, what I just did. Sipping water and then like dumping something so hard that you could yeah. hear it is like uh and i'm sorry for doing it i just had to show an example no, that's cool. that is my biggest pet peeve when people do that i mm-hmm. don't care about what they talk about i don't care if they get stuck i don't care if they deviate from the question that's normal human nature but when somebody um is drinking and and you could hear that they're drinking and then they put the cup down or whatever down and you could hear that it's it's it takes away from me trying to focus on what I'm trying to focus on. So that's probably the biggest pet peeve. <laughs> it's a distractor. It is a distractor. What about it's you? Like, it's like when you talk like you, t- you talk with your hands. And I'm telling you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was an instructor for a long time and they taught us like, you don't want to have distractors. Like you don't want to use your hands too much because then the students don't pick up on what you're actually trying to tell them. And uh, my biggest pet peeve. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know if I've you don't have one, one yet. yet. Yeah, I'll get there. I think. Um, yeah, that I, does I try bug to be, you though. When yeah, somebody I, drinks I, water or something. Yeah, I try to prepare if I'm going to be a guest on someone's podcast. I try to prepare by watching some of their stuff. Usually, I already have, but watching it again, kind of understanding their flow of conversation because everyone's a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. and then just kind of get some background on them. So, I kind of it, it helps me understand what they're asking and why they're asking yeah. a little bit better, kind of thing. But that's that's mine. All right, so all this stuff, you've obviously probably consumed as much stuff as you've put out, if not more. I tend to believe that most people, it's yeah. like a funnel, right? Like you consume all yeah. this and it 
comes to you pumping out something, here's my hands. And right. um, uh, any specific piece of content, book, mo- movie, video, documentary, um, podcast, anything that you've ran across that you would recommend to someone that's got into, that's getting into this, that helped you uh, either when you started or as you continue to go forward. And if there's not well, one, for, okay. yeah, yeah. For me, the, the biggest things was not so much in written form because I'm very lazy when it comes to reading. As you can tell, I don't like script writing for a reason because I don't like reading and I don't like writing. And I know it probably comes across dumb. Uh, I remember one of the things that inspired me and it's dumb and I'm pretty sure you have this book is a man in his watch. Every single person and their mom that's into watches has that book. I recommend that book for a number of reasons. It's, it's an easy read, but it's more about the pictures. Do you know what I'm talking about? A yeah, I have a book. Okay. So FYI, funny story. You know, every single one of those pictures was shot on an iPhone. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every every single one. I know. I'm like, what? How? What? I don't yeah. know if he used like a filter, maybe like a little lens adder. I don't know. But every single yeah. one of those pictures was shot on an iPhone, which is crazy. But yeah. um, there was something about that book. And I think I don't know why you own it, but I own it because of the photography. So cool. And yeah. also seeing iconic watches beat up in that book. It's, yeah. it's refreshing. It's like, wow, people actually wear these things. And some of the stories behind it um, early on, Hodinky was actually helpful because I used to go on their website and actually learn a little bit. I didn't read the whole thing, but yeah. I would specifically go and read a few things. But the biggest, biggest, biggest thing for me was YouTube. And back in the day, there wasn't a lot of YouTube channels watch related. So TGB was obviously the, the, the guy mm-hmm. that kind of helped me his older stuff, because I didn't know a lot of these things. The guys need to understand that back in the days, back even before YouTube, you would only consume your things in watch forums. That's before my days. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I wasn't there because then yeah. it probably would have been very difficult for me to yeah. grow. Cause I don't like reading too much and, and interacting in that kind of way. But uh, for as far as YouTube channels uh, go or, or resources, I would say YouTube. Honestly, it's like the biggest way to grow. And I would stick with maybe the bigger channels. You know, WatchFinder does a really good job. Uh, Adrian does a pretty good job. TGV. I mean, there's there's a lot of channels to list. Teddy Baldessar is amazing, too, because he's very technical. Yeah, everything's from a technical perspective from that guy. And then if you want to learn like about vintage watches, I would say uh king of vintage what's what's his name kov kov on youtube is amazing he's from amsterdam or also my my friend cam runs a a youtube channel called and a shop here in la craft and tailored amazing he'll take a vintage piece and talk about it and tell you the history of it if you're into that kind of things so just resources like everywhere you know um I, w- I would say that. And even if you're into the, the homage kind of things, my affordable watch collection and my, my boy Abib from Israel, he does an amazing job. And there's just so many other people that do great, great jobs with different things. And of course, Jody, just one more watch. He is amazing because he brings fun uh, to yeah. the forefront and he has a lot of um, information on a lot of different watches, a lot of different price points. And I appreciate that. He doesn't just focus on the high end. He focuses on the homage and the mid tier yeah. and every, everything and everywhere in between, you know? So he, he, he runs a, a wide gamut of uh, different price yeah. points watches. Yeah. And uh, he's funny. Um, Andrew from, yep. I've never met him. He is hilarious. Uh, you, if he, if he watches this, which I don't know if he will, but just tell Andrew, I'll send them the link. Yeah, I'll send my, them the link. My, uh, if I'm watching videos in the background, he has actually made my wife chuckle. Oh yeah, his his, his dry funny. Sense He's of humor. a funny guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know, because she's because she's interested in watches and she has her own watch collection, and um, but she'll be like doing some like craft or something like that, and he'll make a one of his you know his dry humor jokes. And she'll chuckle, and I'm like, "Yeah, these guys, this guy's funny, man. He's really, really he is funny. funny. And he, you don't he's expect it. Pretty funny <laughs> with the quality of the video. You don't expect this level of <laughs> hilarity, know. right? It's good. I know, like setting you up for the okie doke. But um, yeah. So I, I always ask what someone's grail piece is now, but I'm gonna give you a slightly different question for that. Okay, just, thank just you. Hear me out. I would normally ask what your grail piece is, but I feel like you've obtained that grail piece. But having the experience with these Rolexes that you have and the new GS you picked up has has a newer, higher horology grail piece. 
popped up for you or the idea of possibly finding one one day popped up for you? Oh, man, that's an interesting question. So for the longest time, the Rolex Mariner was always my grail, right? And a lot of people probably made fun of me because it's like, how can that be your grail? It's so vanilla. Everybody has it. It's so played out. And I'm like, I can't change my my emotions towards this. And it's it's yeah. the heart wants what the heart wants, right? Uh, logically, probably doesn't make sense, right? Because it's like, you're a watch guy, you should be looking at different pieces. Yeah, I get it. And I admire them. But this was it for me. And then when I got it, it just kind of fulfilled everything for me. And I was like, I don't even want to buy anything else. And to be honest with you, the only reason I bought the Grand Seiko and keep buying things is just because it's an addiction at this point. It's yeah. like that, that kind of gratification that you get of like, um, the, that dopamine, right? Like of buying something and looking for something. And it's like something I need to shake off and I need to work on that myself because it gets very expensive. Uh, and the thing is, uh, I know people always go like, well, where do you got this money from? Right. And you keep buying expensive things. It's just like, I'm, I'm rotating the money. I sell pieces, get the money yeah. back and then put it on something else. And that something else may sell for something else. And then I have money and more money. And then I still keep getting review pieces and I sell those. And that's where the money's coming from. It's yeah. not that I'm rich or not that I'm using my money again. It's all from the hobby. Yeah. Um, Nor is it any of their business. Well, that, that too. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're very, I'm polite. Not unlike yeah. you. And no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to call like I see it. It's not their business. Yeah. Uh, as far as a grail, aside from this, I mean, I, I will love to get into the independent stuff. Uh, obviously, a Jorn or an MBNF or a uh, Felipe Piccolo. I don't know if you, you've seen that guy on Instagram, but amazing things handcrafted and stuff like that. I think that's probably something that I will love to get into into my next journey, but is very, very expensive. Yeah. And you need to have the money to play in that in that space. But as far as anything else, I mean, I. I I admire a lot of things, right? Panerai and IWC and Omega and Grand Seiko and all this, but I don't yeah. see something in their catalog that I'm like, oh my God, that is my grail piece. I want yeah. it. It's more the independent stuff. Uh, like every time I see an MBNF, I drool because I am huge on skeletonized watches. I know it's a, it's a love hate for a lot of people. Yeah. For me, it's if done right then I absolutely love it. Right. I, yeah. I absolutely love those, those pieces. So I don't have a specific model in mind. I, I like the evil line of the MBNF, but I mean, getting one, is nearly impossible. And Jorn, I mean, he has so many cool pieces that again, another impossible piece to get, but just the, the something about his watches, like Jorn watches, like the way the hands are made, the shape of them and the craftsmanship. And I don't know, they're just beautiful yeah. pieces, man. I even like or work. Like I like, weird crap or work and, and and stuff like that you know so i think i yeah, think man. everyone should have a weird quote-unquote you know out of the box piece you know because there's fun, some level yeah. of fun there right because you know you're kind of like coloring outside the lines you know yeah and i and i have a few pieces in my collection that are micro brands that are weird and people hate so zia design i have that world the little globe world thing i what's it called I, I forget what it's called but zia design makes this uh cool watch that has like a world on it and i made a yeah. video about it and then uh, auto walk they they make a really cool watch with like uh wondering hours and just different uh ways of telling time so i have uh ethore ethore light is what it's called i have mm -hmm. that one then the alto alto aid i forget the model uh name that i have but again wondering hours where it's like skeletonized is a, a different way of telling time i don't wear them that much but just having them in the collection and opening the the box puts a smile on my face i'm like this is cool and it's always one of those things where i show people like locally right like family members or whatever mm -hmm. and they go what the hell is that like i've never <laughs> seen anything like that and that's yeah. a cool thing like yeah, yeah. you've never seen it because it's not common you know yeah that's awesome yeah it's uh it, it's fun watching um uh... It's been fun watching your collection change over time and you get stuff in. I think it's fun to do that with anybody, but it's been fun watching yours too. But it's so frustrating Miguel, at the same time. Oh, yeah. I, I would, I would, I would bet because my buddy Omar, Timeless Sneakers and Watches, he does the same thing. He gets so many pieces in that you're like, oh, that's a cool piece. That's a cool piece. But you get so many new watches that it gets to mm -hmm. the point where like well is that really a keeper you're just like reviewing it like what are you doing you're like flipping yeah. between watches so much and but it is what it is it's a journey man it's like some watches just don't stick you know so yeah yeah no i know what you mean um i've had stuff that i thought would never let go and i've let it go in the pursuit of other things and you know we'll see 
it's a it's a long winding road and one that uh, unfortunately Expensive. never really ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they can yeah. get there. Um, but I just want to say thanks, Miguel, for coming on and for sharing your your wealth of knowledge with with your your whole story and everything you've done. Um, I really appreciate it. I know my my viewers will appreciate it. Um, where can everyone find you online? And plug something yeah. new that you're doing if you want. Um, so SoCal Watch Reviews, you could find me there on YouTube, on Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok again. I created it not to dance, not to make weird things. I just post the reels that I post everywhere else there. It's just, again, to funnel people into the YouTube channel because YouTube really is my main platform. It's kind of where I live. And Instagram is my second kind of favorite platform uh, where I interact with a lot of people behind the scenes and also get to showcase my photography or whatever because that is pretty fun for me. And Instagram is just a tool for me. I don't really interact too much in there. If you speak Spanish, I haven't posted there in about, it's getting close to a year and I'm kind of a shame but relojando for anybody that speaks spanish or if you have somebody a spanish speaker in your family or friends that you want to get them into watches i did put out a lot of videos on my spanish channel uh it was just getting to be too much work uh so i just do the english and then if you want to listen to my podcast just go to any major uh, podcast platform and uh and yeah search socal watch reviews and if you do listen we would appreciate a review just like jason would appreciate somebody leaving a review because it does help believe it or not it, it helps number one our ego which is funny yeah. but it's true because this is what motivates us and number two it helps the algorithm right so the more people interact with your show the more maybe they they bump it up and they actually shows up in, in people's feed and uh and unfortunately that's that's kind of the name of the game is not that if you start this journey of doing social media and you don't get a lot of love, you don't blow up. It's not because you suck or your content is bad. It's because there's so much saturation now that it's hard for people to find you. So be patient and it will come, you know, and, and if you need help, then reach out to people, collaborate with people because this is a great way to grow, yeah. collaborate with people. And then those people will promote your channel or your podcast. And that's a good way to grow. So. Yeah. No, excellent advice. And I'd fully support it. But uh, yeah. thanks for everyone for tuning in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Miguel. Sorry. Well, since you're going to close the show, I want to thank you, Jason. Keep up the amazing work, man. Uh, I appreciate everything you do from, from a friendship perspective and also from a fellow content creator perspective. Your quality of everything that you put out is amazing. And I know you want to keep improving and we all strive for that. But I could tell you that the level of, of uh, body, your body of work is is incredible. And, and you as a human being, I respect you and yeah just keep up the great work and i really am humble to be on your on your show and uh and i would love to come again if you ever have yeah. time in the Open future invite, bro. Yeah. oh and i and and all the same miguel i mean um you, you've done a lot for me and and just taught me a lot sometimes you teach me without even realizing you're teaching me but i appreciate okay. it because well no because you know a lot of times how you how you conduct yourself on screen can teach people you know it's like i want to be professional like that i don't want to come out and just be like this watch sucks to get to get clicks you know what i mean <laughs> right i don't, I don't want right. to be like that you know so i try to i try to watch who i'd like to be like and i like to surround myself with who i'd like to be like because you very much at times are some of your parts if you know what i mean so yeah no no i agree yeah you know, but i appreciate everything too and, and i appreciate the kind words but to everyone at home uh miguel you got any parting shots hey as I always say, you know, stay humble. And I really tr truly mean that it doesn't matter what pieces you have in your collection, what cars, what whatever you amass in your life. Humility is something that will always stick with you and people could see through you. And being approachable is always very important, you know, so this humility is huge for me. So stay humble. Don't don't think because you have a Rolex or a Lamborghini that you're better than anybody, anybody else. You're better off, but that doesn't make you better than anybody else. So just stay humble. Stay humble. And remember, at watchrolling.com, you make the watch. The watch doesn't make you. <laughs>